Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily. We're so glad that you're here. This is the show that is welcoming to all people except for <laughs> communists, Satanists, pedophiles, and country club Republicans. I'm your host, Ash Epp, and hey. I'm joined by... Joe Oltman. <laughs> How's that? It was really good. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm, I'm, I'm trying out these new speakers, and so it's been... Uh, we'll, we'll try to get away from the headphones, which I think will be kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. Be great for my hair. That. I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest of your day? Yeah. Be great for the rest of my day, I think. <laughs> well, we, we've got a lot to go over today. And um, I think one of the things that, uh, that uh, you know, we, 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 we always say that we're not going to get away from the election fraud of 2020 until we fix 2020. And part of the reason why we can't get away from it is because it's so prevalent. It's everywhere. And the amount of evidence we have is, is it, I mean, it's, it's almost as if, you, you can't look away. Once you've seen it, you can't look away. We know 61% uh, of the country knows that the election was affected by massive amounts of election fraud. And that's more than half. That's more than half. That's way more than it's half. It's way more than half. It's a big margin. But, but, now, but now, because they know that there's so much evidence out there of the election fraud, now they're just turning their backs and saying, okay, let's create as much media diversions as possible. I mean, you have Ukraine, obviously that was one of the bigger ones, um, but now we have to get to um, the media diversion from the 2020 coup and uh, censorship. And, and, and the cen when we talk about the censorship, well, I guess we'll talk first about what's happening with uh, Pat uh, Kolbeck um, in the, his fight for election integrity in Michigan, and we have him as, a, as our guest this morning, but then we're going to get into just what they're doing and how this dark money has really just kind of pushed us. Um, you know, they're, they're pushing, but it, it's hard to ignore what they're doing in our country right now. Oh, it's impossible to ignore. Um, and yet we see so many people still ignoring it, people sticking their heads in the sand, pretending like it's not happening and believing the government. Oh, the government would never do that. Um, hey, do us a favor and smash that rumble button. Uh, get us, help us. All right, help. I just did. I Thank smashed you. the rumble button. Thank you. All right. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring Pat Kolbeck, Patrick Kolbeck in. Patrick, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be back with you guys. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, great. It's great to have you. I'm so sensing a seat change for us, my friends. Yeah, and so so I just have to say um, before we before we get into the the weeds of it, and I think you know I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about who you are. But I, as a child of the '80s, think that the coolest thing ever is that you were a space camp instructor. I mean yeah. that to be you're you're basically a, a rock star in my in my view. Well, I opened for the rock stars. One of uh, Werner von Braun's real rocket scientists was the guy that I kind of warmed up the crowd for when I used to teach out there. So uh, 
there's a lot better folks, uh, a lot more qualified folks than I am. But I do want to make sure that I'm qualified to be on the show, though, because I am a Republican and I used to caddy at a. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew you're. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as, lo- as long as you don't embrace the identity of country club Republican well, and believe that that makes that you means that you're better. Like <laughs> you're, yeah, no, no. yeah, that's that's that, that that's where that comes from. We have a, we have a real problem with that in Colorado. So what's happening in Michigan? I know you've you've tirelessly fought, even though the mainstream media has ignored it in large part. What's happening around the nation? What's happening up in your neck of the woods in Michigan right now related to the 2020 election? Well, there's a variety of citizen initiatives. I mean, I, we've got this network of I call them meddling kids all across the state, um, harkening back to the old Scooby Doo reference because we're not letting these guys get away with it. So we've got folks that have been helping out Catherine Engelbrecht on her. Uh, analysis uh, that supported True the uh, yeah. 2000 uh, mules. So that was really good. Um, we've got folks that are performing canvassing activities all across the state. Um, my engagement of late has been focused on several FOIA requests. And uh, I can, I've actually met with my local clerk and actually saw firsthand the installation of non-certified software such as SQL Server Management Studio, and the good news is the databases are there. So next thing, of course, I logically do after that is FOIA the databases, so we'll see if I get access to them. Um, so it's a lot of information collection, but ultimately, and which is why your podcast is so important, ultimately this is an information war that we're in right now. And I'm convinced that until we win in the court of public opinion, we are not going to win in the courts of law. And we're not going to get our legislators to move off the dime. The good news is I think that's changing. But um, that's one of the reasons one of the major focus of, uh, of my efforts over the last few months has been putting together a book uh, called the 2020 coup. So nobody's really kind of treated it from a broad based perspective, showing how all the bits and pieces fit together. Well, I do my best to do that in this book where I pose a theory of how somebody might see an election and then map all the evidence to that theory. and. We'll let the readers decide, like as the title kind of implies, it's pretty clear to me that this wasn't a normal election. This was actually a coup. And I, I want to talk about the book, but for the audience, you know, this is the, after the 2020 election, there a lot of new groups popped up, right? I mean, I started the U.S. Election Integrity Plan. There was, a, you know, other groups that have come up. Um, you know, True the Vote has been around since 2010, I think. Um, and you've also yeah. been around with Let's, Let's Fix Stuff since 2010. So this isn't a new area for you, maybe an, an increased and enhanced focus. But tell us a little bit more broadly about Let's Fix Stuff. And what well, LetsFixStuff.org is kind of the whole idea is when I got it actually it hasn't been around since quite that long. I, I was I had it uh, launched right before the election, a few months before the election, because I was frustrated that we were getting censored. Um, and at the time, the main focus when I launched it was around COVID. And we weren't allowed to talk about treatments that actually work, um, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin-based treatments and therapeutics like that. So I said, you know what, I, I got to get the news out about this. And we weren't even allowed to talk in public about Supreme Court decisions in Michigan, you know, such as the one that uh, struck down the state of emergency um, for Gretchen Whitmer, Governor Gretchen Whitmer here in the state of Michigan. I tried to put up a billboard that said, per a 7-0 Michigan Supreme Court ruling, the state of emergency in Michigan is over. And I could not get any billboard companies to put that up. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I go, you know, we have to have an alternative communication mechanism to get the truth out to people. And that's where 
letsfixstuff.org came from. And obviously since uh, the election, just before the election, um, I started highlighting what we could do to protect the integrity of our elections. And, uh, and then afterwards, ever since, I've just been making sure people have access to the evidence and to the data and to practical plans of actions on how to fix stuff and, and put it out at our website, letsfixstuff.org. Matter of fact, I'm working on something, a couple things right now in preparation for the Election Integrity Summit that's coming up, uh, sponsored by CPI in Michigan. And it's going to be a citizen's guide to um, holding them accountable for electronic uh, voting system security and essentially using their own words and you know, kind of in an uh, ISO audit perspective, say, if you said you're going to do this, then let's make sure you actually did that. Because what we're finding is that they're not doing what they're yeah. saying. They're they got a bunch of talking points that they put out to the media, but they don't actually follow through on them. So there's some practical things, and we, I hope Let's Fix Up that org is, an, is a place where people can look to for practical data, practical solutions. So, so you wrote a book. Yeah. And, and I want to, you know, we, we only have you for a half hour, so I want to I cover the book because I think it's fun. The, the title of the book, and we, do we have the website, Mr. Producer? So the website for the book is the 2020coup.com. Uh, okay. And, and let me put up the, uh, here's the, the book itself. Cool okay. cover. So I see that one of the people that wrote the, uh, um, wrote one of the, the uh, reviews. reviews was Phil Waldron, um, who was a yeah. colonel in the U.S. Army, or excuse me, U.S. military, um, was in intelligence, understands um, quite well um, security tactics, cybersecurity, and worked within that. So, so t I just saw that because I saw Mark Finch and everyone else, but Phil Waldron just stands out. Um, tell yeah. us what the tell us what the book's about. Tell us what we can expect to get from the book. What, what would we glean from the book? What, what would people glean from this book? Well, the subtitles on it, it says 2022, but the subtitle is what happened and then also what we can do. So, I don't think it's good enough just to sit there and highlight everything that's gone wrong. I think it's important to give people some practical plan of action on how to address it. And I'll start with the plan of action uh, because I, I want to have something that was practical for, for a variety of audi audiences. So citizens, for law enforcement, for, for the judicial branch, um, for legislators, I want to have a practical guide for each one of those audiences. And that's what I attempt to do. Um, at, uh, in that book, I actually provide a template for a statement of work for a real full forensic audit in the back. Um, I provided um, some evidence that many people haven't seen. So if you go back into the front part on what happened, um, I, there's a lot of information that has been suppressed that a lot of people haven't gotten access to. And what I do is map all that evidence to basically the four phases of the of the operation of the coup. Number one, preparation phase that was designed to create and expand weaknesses in our uh, election system. Number two was the main attack phase, which is the um, primarily Chicago-style mail-in ballot uh, fraud. Um, that's what you see in movies like 2000 uh, Mules that documented very effectively, I think. Um, and uh, that's our biggest weakness in our election system. So. You know, they were teeing that up in the preparation phase. They took advantage of it in the main attack phase. But that, that mail-in ballot fraud only works effectively if you know what the voter turnout projections are accurately. Right. And uh, Brookings Institution, uh, which is a liberal uh, progressive think tank, 
They predict that a record 145 million Americans would go out and vote in 2020. They're right about the record part, but they undershot the total vote count. It was actually 160 million. So they undershot by about 10%, which means that they had to get into a backup attack. And the backup which is, attack. Which is they, why we had the shutdowns, the bringing the systems down, yes. and the, the activation of what we call secondary databases that attach to voters inside the system. And, and as a system architect, uh, expert. I'm a, I'm a subject matter expert. People can say what, say whatever they want about, um, you know, the, the fact that, that, that uh, I've gotten into other industries and I've, I've been involved in other businesses. But, you know, I built one of the most successful first party data aggregation uh, companies in the country um, and one of the largest and one of the largest AI platforms that allowed for you to sparse and, and develop data. So I understand what they did. But in, yeah. order for, in order for them to, they, they knew what happened, which is why they had to shut things down. They had to go to plan B. They knew what happened and they knew that, and I don't think that President Trump even knew the gravity by which they would try to steal the election. He just figured that yeah. th they would have a hard time beating him right. um, if he got to you know, 60 million votes. Um, so well, I'll tell you, as a poll challenger, it's tough for me to figure out the gravity of the mm -hmm. situation. I mean, I'm sitting there in one place in Detroit at the TCS Center, right in the middle of all the crazy late-night ballot drops, the shutdowns that you were talking about, crawling around on the floor looking for Cat5 connections, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's tough to get that perspective, but it's taken us about a year and a half to pull all that together, and that's why I thought it was important to get out the book here because you got good information coming out via documentaries, and there's another documentary that's going to be coming out that I think is going to be as powerful as 2000 mules and Mike Lindell is putting this together with Laura Logan on what happened with Tina Peters. And I think that exposes the whole cabal. Uh, it's going to expose the whole cabal in a way that even 2000 mules wasn't able to do. Yeah, no, I, well, I'm really looking forward to phase, that. Before I forget that is the defense phase and we're all in that defense phase, right? Where there's no such thing as election fraud. They're destroying the election records. Um, we're now domestic terrorists for even asserting that there is election fraud, all that good stuff. Oh yeah. Well, and the election fraud is so, is, is, is so evident. I mean, the, the evidence is so now overwhelming, it, you know, before there was like, well, show us the evidence and we'd show the evidence and like, well, that's not enough. That could be this. It could be that it could be this. Yeah. Now we have the evidence that's so forensically accurate, including down yeah. to how they use the function in order to get to a fixed point. Yeah. The set points, yeah. It, yeah. it is it is impossible to it ignore. Is, yes. It was it was so difficult in the packaging of this evidence at the beginning. I and mean, it was like drinking from a fire hose. As soon as you talk out about election fraud evidence, I had people from all over the country, frankly all over the world, sending me volumes and volumes of data. I'm just one guy, you know. And uh, so it was really tough packaging and one of the early folks that I reached out to was Colonel Phil Waldron that you highlighted because I said, Phil, we got to get together a con ops, a concept of operation on exactly how they stole this, or at least a working theory, so that when all this information comes in, I can start organizing my sock drawer, so to speak. I can start mapping that evidence to why it, to the context of why it's important or not important. So that's the challenge. So we um, we talk a lot on this show about the war that's happening on the right, the the war between the just move on, right, move on from 2020. Yep. Uh, people that we, the, the establishment Republicans that we've been as election integrity 
activists have been battling for the past almost year and a half, as you mentioned. And then, you know, as I as I say it, the November 2021 municipal elections happened and all of a sudden the Republican Party was interested in election integrity again because it was an election year and it's the most important issue to the American people. So what we've seen um, and I've you know paid, paid very close attention to this, what we've seen coming out of the establishment Republican Party is a lot of the you know support for 2000 mules, support for rigged, the movie rigged, right? Um, focus on the ballots, focus on mail-in ballots, focus on drop boxes, focus on CTCL, don't focus on decentralization, don't focus on the machines, don't focus on, you know, the, the things that are actually going to move the needle and secure our elections. That's the, it's, it's super obvious to those of us who know election integrity, but it's, you know, it, it is a, this is an information war, as you said, and it's a narrative game. So how is this book different? This book is going to address that specifically. I actually talk about the role of influence operations, which I don't think anybody's really talked about in context of how does that map back to the different pieces of evidence. So I'll talk about how the media, as soon as there was a Gateway Pundit release that video of the, of the delivery vans in the back of the TCS center, the media would come out immediately and say, oh, there's nothing to see here. It's totally out of context. And these aren't the droids you're looking for. And I, you know, I was appreciative when they came out there because I, I actually saw that and I, I knew the, the law said that anything received after the polls were closed was not supposed to be counted. So it was, um, I, you know, so I address that in this book where I show not just what was the process uh, violation. Uh, I went off and I highlighted how does that affect the ultimate election records in particular, I'm a big advocate of demonstrating the election record chain of custody and showing that uh, in contrast to the narratives where all these guys are sitting there telling you just look at the ballots all you got to do is look at the ballots if you know what's going on with the ballots you know everything that you need to know about the election that's just not true um, you have to look at the whole chain of custody the vote tally bones connected to the ballot bone connected to the poll book bone connected to the voter registration bone and in this book we show how that connection is so important in understanding exactly what happened in that 2020 election. And, and ju it's not even just just look at the ballots, right? It's just count the ballots. Right. <laughs> just look at the count yeah. of the ballots. Don't, don't, look, look at the ballots. don't look at the marks. <laughs> don't look if there's creases. Don't see if they're the yeah. right kind of paper. Don't see if it's a post-it note. Just count it. And if the count matches, yeah. then everything is perfect. That's what we've been sold. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that might have held water before electronic voting systems. I mean, that would have probably taken care of the majority of the fraud. But the what I found is that uh, a lot of folks don't know what they don't know about these electronic voting systems. They don't know that hardware can be tweaked and, uh, and can be programmed just as easily as software. They don't know that even software driver versions can make a difference between something being a wireless access point and something being a scanner. They don't understand the complexity that goes in this. And my background, you know, I, I, in the aerospace engineering, when I worked on the environmental control system for space station, we used to do something called a failure modes and effects analysis. And which, by the way, is required in one of the standards for EAC. They actually require that in a VBSG one standard, I think it is. I can't remember the exact term, but anyway, they. And when you do that, you go component by component by component, and you say, okay, what are all the things that can go wrong with this particular component? And you you do a literal digital proctology exam on the system. We don't do that. We don't do anything close to that. They just put a 
you know, superficial good housekeeping seal of approval on the top and then say, trust us. Yeah, there is no standard for a forensic election audit, right? I mean, there's no, in terms of a true forensic audit, as if we were doing a, a SEC forensic audit, going through, as you say, looking at every piece and part and component and seeing what, what truly happened. We don't, we don't have standards for that, as far as I know. No, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. Um, so I, I want to bring something up. And Mr. Producer, if you could put this up. You remember the Steele dossier and CrowdStrike? Yeah. Well, there's, you know, obviously the um, Marco Polo group has been digging into kind of what are the origins, right? So the, the origins of the same people that did CrowdStrike, same people that did um, Mitzad or uh, the do you know, Steele dossier. These are the same people that run this uh, election integrity uh, project out of the Harvard Kennedy School. Mr. Producer, go ahead and put it up. Are you familiar with this? No, I haven't heard of that particular. I mean, there's so many different election integrity organizations, but as soon as they say Harvard, I'm sitting there going, spidey senses tingling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this, uh, this is the abstract. The, the, I'm going to read a little bit of this. The Electoral Integrity Project at Harvard University has conducted a new expert survey of the 2020 U.S. US elections. And as you, as you go into this, the, the thing that just blows my mind, and this is from December of 2020. So they did all of this, by the way. They did all of this study in one month. Yeah. They walked <laughs> through their, and as I read this, I went and said, this can't be the, 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 this cannot be the brightest among us. Now, I'm a, I'm a data, I, I'm a system architect expert. I understand data. I understand how to compile the data. Um, but what's interesting to me is as you start going through these playbooks and what they did collectively across the across the country in order to create election fraud it's hard to ignore the things that they walked away from so we'll put this up right. on the website so you can take a look at it and it's something by the way patrick i'd, I'd love to have you back on after you get a chance to read it um it is the, the document itself i think it's only 23 or 24 pages but the references themselves will take you pretty deep down the rabbit hole um they call themselves the experts they call themselves the um um, the, 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 the heir apparent for the experts on, on how to stop the erosion of public confidence in future elections. And, and I, want, I want to read this to you and then get your, your thoughts on this. Um, this is their conclusion. To prevent further deterioration of public confidence in future elections, this report recommends that structural weaknesses should be addressed by a program of comprehensive reforms designed to restore confidence and trust in the electoral process. Can you tell me, Patrick, what that's supposed to mean? I think that means uh, you have a talking point that can't get repeated by the media often enough to, that uh, they can say that anything's countered. Anything that this group says is just yeah. simple misinformation should be ignored. But it's, an, but it's an abstract. I'll tell you what it means in specifics. When you look at that, we recommend structural weaknesses be addressed by a, by a program of comprehensive resorts. It's Colorado Senate Bill 22153. It's remove yep. checks and balances and centralized power in the hands of people so they can continue to steal elections. Take, take away more transparency. But, but, but the abstract of this is really scary. And I think it, if you've studied anything about Marxism or communism, yep. this is right in their playbook, mm -hmm. is be as abstract as possible, create some exactly. sort of illusion. Right, and that's what I could done. spin that into something that's actually good. If you actually right. gave me as a right. charter, I could actually put together some structural changes that would actually make a difference. 
So they would never pass. <laughs> so so th- th- this is the incoming Biden Harris administration should work Congress, federal and state officials, democracy and electoral assistance NGOs <laughs> and academic experts to identify effective ways to strengthen American elections and democracy. Again, another abstract. Many practical steps in the capacity to strengthen American elections, learning from other democracies. So we're supposed to learn from other democracies around the nation. We're the oldest democracy. It's, we're, we're not, not really a democracy. A democracy. We're a, a constitutional republic. But with democratic practices or democracy practices, and we're supposed to learn from other democracy. What democracy are we supposed to learn from, Patrick? Yeah, well, there's only one that I care about learning from, and that's our Constitutional Republic, uh, United States of America, and what we've done. What I've noticed, you hit on a key point, is that there's a whole bunch of these little pop-up groups that are coming up all across the country that are now trying to clamor for being the expert. Now, a lot of these are good. They're well-intentioned. Like I said, we got meddling kids all over Michigan forming their own groups. But when they're coming out of D.C. and they're coming out of Harvard, get those spidey senses tingling. I can tell you uh, one of the things that I did for the research of the book was look at what were all these organizations doing before the election. And uh, you probably run across Millennial Millie a while back or in some of the videos that she has undercover, these Zoom calls of uh, folks like Defend Democracy, where we got federal security employees you know, discussing how they can storm and take over government buildings and and how they formed a coalition of groups called Protect the Results six months or five months before the uh, results were even known. Um, So maybe they knew something we didn't know. Um, When you see 148 organizations in there, like the usual suspects like Planned Parenthood, gee, guess who's in the news nowadays? Um, It really becomes... uh, in, in some respect, it's uh, it's awe-inspiring at how organized these guys were before uh, the election. Because I'm about as close as you can get to both what's going on in the Republican Party and grassroots efforts in the state of Michigan and to a large extent nationally. And I can tell you, um, we are n- nowhere near the same league as these guys in regards to financial resources, organization, planning. I, we're we're totally we're not even a peewee hockey team to to this NHI, NHL All Star group that they've got. They've been working at this for a long time. So so I, so I want to finish reading this because I was going to get to um, by the way the setup up to 2020 election, which I think is really important, and that is uh, the recommendation for HR one, um, which is the uh, resolution called the For the People Act. So let me read this little part for you. Many practical steps of the capacity to strengthen American elections, learning from many other democracies, include expanding secure and convenient registration and balloting facilities, improving the independence and professional standards of electoral management, and strengthening impartial dispute resolution mechanisms. In particular, this includes passing H.R. 1 from 2019 for the People Act, which would strengthen democracy by making it easier to vote, limiting partisan gerrymandering, fixing the campaign finance system, and strengthening ethics rules. American elections survived a major legitimacy crisis in 2020. It did not yet, but not without incurring real damage. Given continued party polarization and the bitter legacy of this contest, unless comprehensive reforms are implemented by federal, state, and local agencies, it by no means apparent the public confidence that American democracy will survive another repetition. It, it hasn't even, we haven't even finished. This was in December of 2020. I want to point out a yeah. few things and then get your thoughts on that specifically. And that is, when we talk about um, a democracy itself and campaign finance system, the campaign finance system, and, and, and this is something you should look into, and I'm going to use it as an example, the Secretary of State 
in the state of Colorado, Jenna Griswold raised a, an incredible $850,000 making her coffer for the election for the Secretary of State at $2.6 million mm -hmm. going into the primaries in Colorado. Now, the, the way that everyone had written that, the $850,000 came from donors, right? You, have, you give, uh, but it right. didn't. The money came from Act Blue, and people gave to Act Blue, and then Act Blue took partitions of that money and handed her $850,000. That is not campaign finance reform. That right there is a manipulation of the system to make it look like something it's not, and they lied about it. They lied about it. They literally said she raised $850,000 as if it's a popular opinion that what Jenna Griswold is doing in Colorado is real. Right. But it's not real. It's a lie, like everything else that they do. And so I, I, I'm going to throw it back to you, Patrick. How do you fight a system that's building on creating the illusion of elections to get us to a place where we run a communist nation? Well, I, this is a much larger issue than even simply elections, unfortunately. This is about how do we get a voice as run-of-the-mill constitutional republic uh, believe in Americans, right? Um, and Unfortunately, it's, it's an area that is very uh, difficult for a lot of conservatives to come, come to grips with, and that is it's financial. You have to have uh, financial interest. You need to start building a network of PACs. You need to go off and, uh, and have some financial power to flex. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm, I'm not talking about depending on some big sugar daddy to do it, because once you have one person at the helm of how that money goes around, like George Soros, all of a sudden you find yourself beholden to whatever their whims are. That's the issue we're having with some of these mutual funds right now with BlackRock and uh, um, Arabella Advisors and all these other guys that are trying that are using our money for retirement to go off and flex their political muscle. We need to take back ownership of the financial threads and start creating networks of PACs and, and organizations that actually do appreciate America and don't believe that we need to be fundamentally transformed. That's what right. we need to start doing. And, and it's not easy because it, here's, the, here's the rub of it all. The, these progressives are dedicated 24-7, 365 to using the government against us. Uh, conservatives are, are dedicated 24-7, 365 on staying as far away from government as possible. And so we don't want to get engaged in it. And when we do that, when we don't get engaged, um, we leave a huge power vacuum, and the progressives are more than happy to fill it in. Well, hey, Patrick, I'll give you the final word on this, and then we'll let you go. Um, I do appreciate all the work you're doing up in Michigan. Uh, again, uh, the coup of 2020 is the book that you've uh, written, the 2020 coup, sorry, coup, and What Happened and What We Can Do by Patrick Kolbeck. Um, it's an exceptional book. I will tell you that you're going to have to sign one and get one over to me immediately. And me. Um, and and that's the challenge right yeah. now. Is I'm trying. I gotta. We're gonna try to find some distributors here, and you know we have to pre we have to prepare for cancel culture on that front too, right? Well, you just so actually. I, I'm going to make a recommendation that you call Hillsdale because they have their own printing mechanisms that they can make a recommendation to you as well, and they definitely will not turn you away. Um, so let's fix stuff.com and the 2020 .org. Let's fix stuff.org. Let's fix work. I, I couldn't afford .com initially, so we finally found a way to get .com. But uh, yeah, uh, well, thank you guys. And thank you for everything that you're doing. Literally, the, the I want everybody to understand, I think finally we're getting the wind at our back for the first time in this battle in a long time. And I want to thank you guys and everybody else that's out there in meddling kid land for being persistent. We know the truth. And eventually that truth is going to keep us back and going to make us free again. 
Thank you so much. Hey, God bless you, Patrick. We'll talk again. Make sure I get one of those copies of that book. You better make sure I get a copy of that book. I got you on the list here. All right. All right. All right God bless Back you. Back from the so I'm going to do a quick ad read for IP Vanish, and then we'll get your thoughts on on that conversation. Great, great conversation, and he has been firing, fighting tirelessly as they have taken shots at every one of us mm-hmm. that's been involved in this fight. So uh, this uh, show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling that someone's always watching you on the Internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you and you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't always solve the problem. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even on your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. It makes you virtually invisible online. Uh, IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. Very, very inef- inexpensive and um, does what I think you need it to do. Um, it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, search for, or buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 Trace on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. Slash daily is important. So ipvanish.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Claim your 70% savings. All right. Well, so the, se- the second part of it, I mean, tell me, what, you, what do you think of... Uh, oh, I love... Uh, so I want to get the book. I want to read the book. Um, I'm encouraged, you know, to see that we're talking about more than just ballot mules, right? We're talking about the full architecture of fraud, the, the entire system and all of the pieces and parts that come together. So I'm looking forward to, to reading the book. But I love what he said about networks of meddling kids, right? We think about the, the Scooby-Doo, you know, oh, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids. And I think that that's a good visualization of kind of where we're at. You know, he also talked about how Act Blue and the, the left has such infrastructure and really the cabal and Uniparty has such infrastructure, right, that um, we are nowhere, we come nowhere near. Um, we have the truth and we have the passion and we have um, right on our side. We are, you know, not fighting for an ideology. We're not fighting because we want to... Um, control other people. We're fighting for the founding principles of this nation. And um, I think it's, it, it's fitting that as we come um, and, you know, as we look in this fight, we, we talk about it being like a David and Goliath, right? But it's also like the American revolutionaries taking on the British Empire. They're bigger than us. They're more organized right. than us. They have more resources than us. We're still going to win. And there's no doubt in my mind, and that's in large part due to those networks of meddling kids all over and, the nation. And, and listen, we're getting to the point where when we when we fought, and, and this is something that you have to know, when we fought in the Revolutionary War, it was you fight as gentlemen. And we, we have, again, taken the gentleman approach on our side, and it will just let the law kind of take its, take its course, and it takes time. Um, that, that's done on purpose. But I will tell you that we're getting smarter on the fact that we have to enter into a place of some guerrilla warfare. And we're going to have to use kind of some unlikely tactics in order to, you know, gain our country back because people are looking for that. They're looking for that. They're looking for to say, listen, it, there's time to apologize for how we won the war, but we have to win the war. Mm-hmm. We have to win the war. We have to pr- preserve this country for future generations. And these people are trying to destroy it. And I don't know if you can look at anything that's been done over the last 
anything that's been done over the last two years and not look at the left and say that they are on a path to try and destroy everything that they touch in our country. And it fundamentally goes back to, I woke up this morning thinking about this, it goes back to the Boy Scouts. It goes back to breaking down the fundamental value mm -hmm. of making men men when they decided to blend in women and, and do this transgender scouts. thing and, and just make it scouts. Yeah. That was where we have the fall. And, you know, 70% of the, the Boy Scouts, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on the Mormon church, just so you know, because the, the Mormon church, like them or don't like them, is a, the, the organization itself is, has a high concentration on family. And so over the last couple of decades, they've been infiltrated by leadership that um, allows them to be, uh, you, you know, Mitt Romney is a, is a Mormon. Mm -hmm. uh, who's the clown down in, uh, down in uh, Colorado Springs? Wayne the, Williams. Wayne Williams is a Mormon. Yeah, and he so was a full-time Mormon missionary yeah. uh, before becoming and, a politician. And, and so they, they have created this, this thing where they were 70% of the scouts came out of the Mormon church. I don't know if you know that, but most of the, the uh, scouts, most of the Eagle Scouts that came out, um, like some ridiculous numbers, like 85 or 90% came out of the Mormon church. Well, the Mormon church dropped the, the Boy Scouts completely when it went to the scouts, mm. never replaced it with anything else. And so, again, we start about ineffectual nature of different churches, whether it be the Catholic Church and what they've done to allow abortion to creep into our society, or we talk about the Mormon Church getting rid of a fundamental value that teaches things, that teaches kids about honor, you know, being prepared, mm -hmm. right? Um, the, the values of, of being a Boy Scout. I mean, those, those are all things... Um, well, they're traditional values. They're, they're very they're traditional, traditional values. values of toxic masculinity and... You know, there's actual biological differences between men and women. Those that's all under attack. So it's not it's not terribly surprising. Yeah. And when you see, um, you know, the attacks that we've had through uh, critical race theory, social and emotional learning, um, gender theory in schools there, you know, we talk a lot about there's an attack on the kids. Well, that attack isn't just brainwashing the kids, but it's also getting rid of core institutions that are training kids up and the the ways that you know traditional values say that they should go and yeah. getting rid of boy scouts and and corrupting girl scouts and you know all, i mean girl scouts is you know in bed with planned parenthood the girl scouts is um and so it's you know it's it's an attack uh both on our our institutions and infesting and in our institutions schools media but like you said it's an information war Right. And so those yeah. were, 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 that means an information war means that the attack is on the mind. And so when we talk about, you know, guerrilla warfare tactics, maybe one day that turns into, you know, guerrilla warfare tactics from a kinetic standpoint. But from a information warfare standpoint, that's really what we've, you know, social media in the lead up to the 2020 election. Social media was a place, you know, still censored a little bit, but a place for truth. And then, you know, shut down. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. Um, this, this expert class narrative, uh, you know, of settled science, of, um, you know, dangerous, dangerous. There was something that, um, and uh, Mr. Producer, could you pull up B1, please? Thank you. So uh, this is. So, so this go is. Ahead. Th th go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so George Soros, Clinton, and Obama staffers 
are behind the anti-Musk campaign to force big corporations to boycott Twitter. So if you could just scroll down a little bit, there's one bullet here that I want to read. And this goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Mr. Kolbeck about uh, the NGOs, right? Yes. So we have checks and balances built into our constitution of to restrict government, right? To restrict what government can do at every level. The way that we've gotten around that, and, and by we, I mean like humans, right? The way that the, the Uniparty has subverted the constitution and those checks and balances is largely through NGOs. But if you look at the second bullet on this, Musk has pledged to lift the censorship of Twitter. Critics worry that he will give free reign to those trafficking in hate speech and dangerous scientific theories. And I want to focus in on that dangerous scientific theories because we're always trust, told to trust the science and the science is settled and you know the, the scientific consensus is. Now, if you disagree with the scientific consensus, you have a dangerous science, scientific theory. Well, and there is no scientific consensus. Right. And, and by the way, we've been right up to, up to this point about the vaccine, what happened with COVID-19, right. the different variants and what they did. I, I want to put a, a cap on what I was talking about with the scouts, if I can, real quick. Mm -hmm, sure. I'm going to go backwards for just a second. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a scout and I, I was looking through, I know it was, I was a bad scout and I didn't do it for very long because I liked sports and, and girls when I was younger. I was a bad kid. Yeah, being in the scouts is yeah. not a way to get girls, no, at least when it, we were growing it, it up. It wasn't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but the reason why I bring this up is that there's a, there's a scout oath, right? And that on my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty to God and my country, to obey the scout law, to help other, to help other people at all times, keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. They have replaced that. They have replaced that. And if I was going through Wikipedia just because I wanted to see if they were changing the things about the scout law because it refers to the scout law. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, um, cheerful, obedient, uh, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. They so, took out everything about honor and duty. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. There's no more talk of honor and duty. So, so it will and, – and the, the Girl Scouts had their own motto. And they've, they've – they've, change that so they took out the part about morality because that became subjective now it's your own truth it's your truth and so as we start talking about what we're doing with soros the reason why it ties in is because it's not a fundamental attack everyone sees it as and, and by the way i was an investment and character chair for the boy scouts from for a couple years and i out i outraised uh joe ellis at uh um, of the Broncos, president of the Broncos, uh, Pete Coors. I outraised all of them in our district, so much so that they were like, wow, this guy, they'd be like, oh yeah, we raised 50 grand. Oh yeah, we raised 100 grand. I was like, yeah, we raised $439,000. They were like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, so our, you know, these troops are all, they're taken care of. We're, we're good. And, people, and so when they came in and they merged it and said girls can be part of the Boy Scouts, I walked away and said, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. This is a slippery slope. I call it the slippery slope. And here we are where they take morality out of it. And now they're trying to subjectively tell you George Soros and the Clintons and the Obamas and European countries, which, by the way, have no morality. Right. They're trying to tell you now that they are the, they, that they are the ones that should be telling you what scientific truth is. So let's put that back up if we can, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Let's get right back into this, if you would. Sorry, I'm just, I just looking to for something to, to share, so go ahead. 
All right. So th there's a group of 26 activist organizations and NGOs assigned a letter of companies who advertise on Twitter. So basically trying to hit them in the face and say, listen, we're going to hit Twitter where it hurts and we're going to tell advertisers not to do business. If you go to the bottom, Mr. Producer, of that, um, I'm going to read off some of these groups and then I'm going to try to start going through who these groups are. Like We know who these groups are. Yeah. Do you want the letter up? Yeah. So if you, if you go to the, yeah, put the letter up, you would go to the bottom of the letter. And, and let, me, let me read it to you. Let, let's go to the bottom, top. Sorry, I apologize. I'm, I'm making you jump around a little bit. To whom it may concern, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter will fully toxify our information ecosystem and be a direct threat to public safety, especially among those already most vulnerable and marginalized. Twitter has outsized influence in shaping both public discourse and international, excuse me, industry-wide platform governance, government governance standards. While the company is hardly a poster child for healthy social media, it has taken welcome steps in recent years to mitigate systematic risks, ratcheting up pressures on the likes of Facebook and YouTube to follow suit. Musk intends to streamroll those safeguards and provide a megaphone to extremists who traffic in disinformation, hate, and harassment. Under the guise of free speech, his vision will silence and endanger marginalized communities and tear at the fraying fabric of democracy. Now, I want, I want you to understand that the, the whole world is not a democracy. It's not. It's really not. Mm -hmm. um, that, it, that, that's where we're going. Glo globalism? globalism? Yeah, globalism. <laughs> so the undersigned organizations believe that Twitter should continue to uphold the practice that serve as guidelines for other big pl tech platforms. We call on you Twitter's top advertisers to commit to these standards as non-negotiable requirements for advertising on the platform. Um, keep, and by the way, this, this violates a capitalistic society. This moves you towards a socialist or a communist society. Mm. Number one, keep accounts including those public figures and politicians that were removed for egregious violations of Twitter rules, such as harassment, violence, and hateful contact off the platform. That is, we are terrified you're going to let Donald Trump back on Twitter. Well, and Donald Trump's not going to come back on Twitter. No, I don't, Donald, Donald Trump sure. is going is to stay on Truth Social. And, and frankly, he stood up for us. We should stand up for him. And it's, well, it's not just Donald Trump, right? I mean, he, he famously said, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you I'm just standing in the way and that is the same here right there the, the the people who have said harmful things harassment violence and hateful conduct I was banned off Twitter for tweeting at Jenna Griswold about her emergency rules I made it two weeks on the platform and then I was banned that was all I did was tweet at Jenna Griswold about her emergency rules and how her emergency rules were unconstitutional at no time did I advocate violence? Did I harass her or did I make hateful content or was I hateful in any way? I yeah. was fact-based and specific and I was banned. So, right? so this is not, it's not public discourse, right? It's right. not, it's not creating any sort of, of, um, you know, well, they don't want public discourse. They want narrative. No, they, they want the trusted narrative. They want everybody to fall in line and listen to the expert class. And, and by the way, this is what the devil would do. This is what evil does. Mm -hmm. This is what Satan does, right? And, and, they're, and, they're, and by the way, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're saying they're saying it all out loud. They're we, we just, wigging right now. Yeah. You read this letter, and you know I, I don't know how much how much detail you want to go into, but the list of people who wrote this letter, you you they, they're wigging. All right, let's let's finish reading this this letter to everyone here. Um, off the platform, continue to enforce the civil integrity policy along with the hateful conduct policy. Since 2020, Twitter has applied its civil integrity policy to all users, including elected officials. Must statements of Ted twenty. 2022 last week indicates that he will roll back permanent bans and err on the side of allowing harmful content to remain on the platform under the guise of free speech. A reversal of Twitter's content moderation harmful policies. Harmful content, they say. Reversal of Twitter's content moderation policies include its recent release climate commitments, its protections for transgender people, and its restrictions for other forms of hate, harassment, and violence, which would be toxic not only for those targeted, but for business advertising on the platform. 
Beyond algorithmic transparency, ensure algorithmic accountability, preserve people's privacy, and commit to depolarizing the algorithm. Uh, consider the implications of full-scale public visibility in Twitter's algorithm and put protections in place to prevent bad actors from gaming the system. Listen to privacy experts and others whose expertise includes protecting communities. Listen to the experts. <laughs> that are discriminated against speaking truth and power. Continues to walk, uh, to continue the work of its in-house research team called wait, Machine wait, wait, Learning wait, wait. Sorry, Ethics. Sorry, sorry, stop, 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 stop. Listen to the privacy experts and others whose ex expertise includes protecting communities that are discriminated against in speaking truth to power yeah they, which by the way remember who ambiguous? on the left is speaking truth to power who's, who's speaking truth period on the right left? who's speaking truth period i mean let, let's just let's just talk about truth you got you got to start with truth in order to end with truth go ahead and put it back up mr producer yeah. um so continuous work of in-house research team called machine learning ethics transparency and accountability that looks at potential biases in its algorithm, including uh, published research, for instance, on whether the algorithms that automatically crop profile photos contained inadvert bias. <laughs> this is the, 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 so the pettiness of concentrating on things that don't matter pushes you away from concentrating on things that do. Mm. Continue Twitter's commitment to transparent and research access. Twitter stands out to, to support of researchers, both internal and external to the company, from its API for academic research to its willingness to publish critique and its internal learnings. Twitter has demonstrated a commitment to transparency and access to researchers that sets an example for big tech companies that allows for accountability. As top advertisers on Twitter, your brand risks association with the platform, amplifying hate extremism, health misinformation, and conspiracy theories under must management. Twitter risks becoming a cesspool of misinformation with your brand attached, polluting our information ecosystem in a time where trust in institutions and news media is already at an all-time low. Your ad dollars can further fund Musk's vanity project and hold him accountable. We can call you to demand Musk uphold these basic standards of community trust and safety and to put your advertising spending from pull your advertising spend from Twitter if they are not. Sincerely, let me, let me, let me <laughs> please go through and look this up. Sincerely, all go, the leftist fever dream organizations. And this is not, by the way, they're, they're, they're literally recruiting your children with, with groomers, not teachers, but groomers inside the classroom. Not teaching them math and science, English, none of that stuff. They are grooming your children to sexualize everything about them. You could say whatever you want. You can say, listen, we have to accept people where they are. Transgenderism, by the way, is a man dressing up like a woman. It is no longer, they are no less a woman, more a woman, right, than an apple is a watermelon. At all, right? There, there's, there's no, put it back up, Mr. Producer, and let's read these, these uh, deals. You have access now, accountability tech. Black Lives Matter Global and Network And remember Foundation. as we go through this, what we've talked about with the way that they name things, right? They're, they're, they're exactly their the opposite. use of language, right? Of, you know, make you feel all good and warm while they're ripping all your rights away. Center for Countering Digital Hate, Empowering Pacific Islander Communities. Face the Music Collective. Fair Vote UK. Free Press. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Gender Equity Policy Institute. GLAAD. Global Project Against Hate and Extremism, Indivisible Northern Nevada, Kairos. We, we get That's into a that. good one, Indivisible Northern Nevada. This is the most divisive thing. Kairos is facial wreck, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Media Matters for America. Yeah, that, we talk about the Uyghur people and what they've been able to do to them, putting them in camps and, and, and killing them. But yeah, Media Matters is complete trash. 
Media Matters for America, Media Justice, Norall Pro-Choice America, National Hispanic Media Coalition, Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Religious, reproductive Choice. What religions are those? Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, Reproaction. Reproaction. Stop Online Violence Against Women, Inc. The Sparrow Project, Ultraviolet, Union of Concerned Scientists, V-Day, One Billion uh, Rising. And, and the Women's March. The Women's March. I want yeah. you to know something. All of these things, and, and this is what Elon Musk tweeted. He said, you know, uh, sun is the best disinfectant. Mm -hmm. and that got is us, the best disinfectant. That got us to where we were able to recognize that all of these different groups are represented by George Soros, the Clinton Foundation, Act Blue. Act Blue, always. Um, and it, it, it is crazy that we have allowed them to funnel private pub public dollars off at a zero tax basis in order to create this machine in order to destroy American values. So I'm actually encouraged by this letter because the idea of censorship and the, the, the right being censored was a conspiracy theory until Elon Musk bought Twitter. Yeah. We were all told, oh, it's not happening. Oh, that's just that. That is really that article on hydroxychloroquine is just so dangerous. It's it's a really dangerous scientific theory. Oh, your criticism of the latest climate projections is really, really dangerous. Oh, your denial of uh, the election is is really, really dangerous. So we have to lock down information and make sure that you can't share those really, really dangerous ideas. They've been doing that to, to us for years, but it was a conspiracy theorist. Now they're openly writing it down and saying, right. hey, you have to let us keep doing this. You can't let those people speak anymore. You can't let 50% of the country, 61% of the country, depending on what the issue is, you can't let that part of the country speak. You have to let us continue to control the narrative and you have to continue to trust the experts. The expert class is what they are using to destroy this country. Um, when I hear, oh, well, you just don't trust the science. Well, I don't trust human institutions in general. Human institutions are incredibly corrupted. We could talk about the climate science, right? Well, there's scientific consensus in this, in 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 climate science, and you know anybody that that disagrees with that is is a is a denier. Well, let's see. Since 2002, money has poured into research about climate science. How many scientists are going to get research to go against that? No. Right? Well, this, it's all corrupted. It's a centralization of power, and then it's been corrupted, and the expert class is bought and paid for. So when they tell us to just trust the experts and let us keep censoring the narrative and let us keep silencing more than half of the country because they have dangerous scientific theories and they're dangerous, dangerous thinkers. I put on Twitter this morning, I think, therefore I am dangerous. So, so I want to show some of these organizations. If we put up uh, B11, please, Mr. Producer. B11, this is um, uh, Reproactions. The Reproactions mission is to increase access to abortion and advance reproductive justice. Reproductive action is to uphold abortion rights and advance reproductive justice as a matter of human dignity. We introduce a new culture of accountability and empower and inspire the reproductive rights movement and broader progressive community to openly and enthusiastically stand up for abortion rights. So this is basically the way to, to kill uh, babies. And they say reproductive justice, right? In that article that we talked about in Politico, where they were talking about the, the you know, the world's ending because Roe versus Wade might be overturned. They talked about how 
uh, J- the Justice Alito that wrote the opinion said um, abortionists instead yeah. of abortion providers. And they were very offended that they would use the term abortionist instead of abortion providers. And here they say reproductive justice. Well, let me be very clear. When you have an unwanted pregnancy, you have to make a choice, right? You have to make a choice on what kind of sacrifice are you going to make? Are you going to sacrifice your body? Are you going to sacrifice some time, nine months, nine to 10 months? Are you going to sacrifice, you know, longer than that and be a parent? Or are you going to sacrifice the human life that is, with, with, that is within you? You can call it reproductive justice all you want. It is child sacrifice. It is human sacrifice. And you can't cannot make an argument against that that doesn't involve your feelings. From a fact-based standpoint, you're making a, a, a binary decision about are you going to sacrifice yourself, your selfishness, and your ego, or are you going to sacrifice the human child that is growing in with, within you? It is human sacrifice. It is child sacrifice. You can call it reproductive justice all you want. Your word games don't work on us any longer. We see through it. And this war of information largely is a war of language what do words mean that's why we see them change what vaccine means what herd immunity means we 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 see them manipulate and change and redefine the language whenever it doesn't fit their political ideology it is shameful it's also not terribly clever or inventive they've just dumbed everybody down and they have everybody so distracted that it's hard to see but once you see it as we've said you can't unsee it and that's what they're afraid of and that's why they're wigging because with truth on twitter with truth being told all over and them losing their grip and censorship machine people are seeing it and they can't unsee it and they're waking up and that's how we get to 61 percent of the people think that the election was stolen um that's where we get to uh you know this this um younger generation is one of the most pro-life generations that is that has existed since the boomer generation people are waking up and so i'm actually very encouraged about this because we were could you put it back up the list of organizations mr producer we were never supposed to see this we were never supposed to see the machine of ngos the machine of backroom deals the globalism and and in the name of you know private uh, entity in the name of capitalism in the name of you know all this these these um the the you know the we're living in the time of of ngos everybody's got one right um that is that is what they've used for decades And we were never supposed to see it. We didn't used to see it. But because the truth is so powerful and you cannot cancel the truth, we're seeing it now. We're seeing the machine. We were never supposed to see the globalists until globalism was fully fully here, right? And unfortunately for them... Um, they, I, I, I think they overplayed their hand. And I think that that's waking people up way faster than, you know, we ever would have without their help. So you're right. You're, 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 you're more than right. And, and I want to, I mean, before we run out of time, I just want to run through some of these organizations too. And, and look, the, the greatest lie the devil ever told us is that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And if you look in the Bible and it talks about what the devil would make himself look like, it was most magnificent, most beautiful. 
right? And what they're trying to do is give you an opportunity to say, or give the public an idea to say, hey, if we over-sexualize you, if we, if we feed your inner demon, then we're likely to have you commit to this evil and immoral lifestyle. And by taking away morals and taking away the access to parents who teach them about moral character, and then taking away the public perception of what is normal, you can create a normality to pedophilia. You can create a normality to sexual abuse and the, the, uh, the depersonalization of human life, which is what they're doing. Yeah. And that means that you can harvest organs, you can you know, treat uh, women and children any way you want, you can rape them with, with, with you know, impunity. And you look at the DA in LA, and I'll use this as an example. The DA in LA, when David Chappelle was attacked with a gun with a knife attached to it, was gonna charge that individual with a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Right. And by the way, the gun laws in, in, in California are pretty strict. You can't go into a club with a uh, gun and knife. You, you can't do it. You can't attack someone. That is a, a felony. But, but wanted to step in. If it wasn't for the prosecutor saying, I'm not doing it, forget you. Mm-hmm. then they would have charged this person with a misdemeanor, giving them more access to weapons. And as you start hearing about these stories, this is the evil that works among us. And, and they're not even justifying themselves, people. They're not justifying themselves. They're not coming out and saying, well, here's why. Because there's no justification for it. There's no justification at all for it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to pay attention to that. Mr. Producer. Well, and their justification is always feelings, right? right. If they do, you know, it's, it's, well, you're killing grandma. Or you want all trans people to be slaves. Or you want whatever, right? It's always nonsense feelings. Um, pull the thread, you know, of, of evil. And uh, really, it's, it's projection. Yeah, and, and it, it, it absolutely is projection. Mm-hmm. It is projection. And most of what they say, they're the direct opposite of that. And we need to understand that they are liars. Like reproductive justice is liars. child sacrifice. we got to tell it what it is. Yep. Let's put up B10, if you would. The story of Sparrow. Sparrow, Sparrow is, you know, come join our nest. As somebody said, referred to that. It's a, it is a, their vision is to empower women and youth uh, to live their most authentic lives through the connection and productivity uh, that is curated along the unique therapeutic life coaching sessions. Women refers to anyone who identifies so as so. No, if you're a woman, you have you do not have a, a, a penis, right? Or That's a Y a, chromosome. Or a Y chromosome, period. Otherwise, you're a man. Or a, uh, it, sorry, but that's just this, the way it is. They're doubling down on this, right? I mean, this this idea that uh, biology is irrelevant and gender is a social construct and men can be women and women can be ben- men and it's all just based on how you're feeling. The next thing that I'm going to ask you to pull up is really gross. So I want to give everybody a, a, a warning. This is super gross. Um, but this I saw this this yesterday. Could you put up C-sex, please? C6, Mr. Producer. So this is, an, uh, this is a, a picture, and it was a, along with an article about how we say now people have periods, not women. And if you look, don't, don't, ugh, it's so gross. If you look, you can see that they, they show all these, these men and, and theys um, with periods. Yeah. This is, this is part of the normalization, and uh, it's insane. Right. I mean, this is this is this the sociological gender theory, um, which has you know come out of academia. It has only gotten as far as it has because they've demonized and censored anybody that spoke out against it. Right. So it's been allowed to 
be pervasive and run through um, our elementary schools, our kindergartens. Um, obviously, you know, universities are captured. Uh, it's going through all of our corporate institutions, going through the courts now. Um, it's, so, it's pretty frightening. So, so I want to I want to point something out as well. That's completely disgusting. If you go to B nine, Mr. Producer, this is the Neural Pro Choice for America. The reason why I brought this up because they're one of the people that signed the, the letter. But if you look at the bottom right of this, mm -hmm. it says "Have an Act Blue Express account signed in to make it faster." So all of these organizations are tied back to Act Blue, which is kind of the centerpiece for the money flowing through in order to fund organizations that are trying to destroy American democracy. Can you put it back up? Because I'm going to do a little narrative. We're going to do a little narrative reframe here. Put what back up? This one. The, okay. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong screen. The, uh, the NARAL pro-choice America one. All right. So here we go. Uh, working to protect protect child sacrifice access across the country, ensuring that women can control their own destinies by having access to affordable contraception, holding anti-child sacrifice politicians accountable for demanding lawmakers trust women. It's this work and so much more that will be bolstered, bolstered by your contribution to NARAL pro Child Sacrifice America. Together, we can stop radical attacks on child sacrifice rights and continue to protect and expand child sacrifice rights at every level. Well, I like the fact that you added that in. People that are listening are probably like, wait, doesn't, wait, yes, I guess that's the word for it. So we, we need to start, reef. there's a channel on Telegram, that I don't think they post that much anymore, but back uh, during the height of COVID hysteria, they did, uh, it's a channel called Narrative Reframes. And they would go through what the, the narratives are saying and kind of break it down and use the real language, the what are they really saying, but they're hiding behind terms that feel really good. It's a good exercise to go through, especially when you are, um, you know, reading something that enrages you or triggers you or even more important, something that you're reading that makes you feel really good. Pay very, pay very close attention to the language and be a critical thinker. Be dangerous because you think for yourself. Yeah, we're going to run through a couple more of these really quick. I think you get the point, but the uh, Global Project Against Hate Extremism, B8, um, talks about uh, rights-restricted agenda for far-right that won't stop with abortion. Uh, Sign the petition, petition to keep middle. Trump off of Twitter in the landscape of extremist movements. But by the way, everything that they say that everyone else is, that's what yeah. they are. And Mr. Producer, if we can go to um, B7, this is the face of Music Collective, this is uh, one inspire individual action, one event at a time, integrate or currently escape creative activism with social justice advocacy. Um, and we go to... Um, so that's, let's ruin music for everyone, right? <laughs> let's go to B5 <laughs> if we can. B5 Center for Countering Digital Hate. We counter online hate and misinformation. But, but it's not misinformation, it's real information. And they're hiding real information from the people. If you go to Media Matters for America, um, let's go to B3, if you would, Mr. Producer. Texas proposal to road public education would f fulfill Fox News' year-long crusade against immigrant families. And if you go to B4, it talks about how they want, about told a conservative talk host, radio host that he may start a challenge to a 1982 Supreme Court ruling uh, pl uh, plier versus Doe that guaranteed all children, regardless of their immigration status, the right to public education from kindergarten to 12th grade. He decided that supposed to extraordinarily challenge to put on public education, it's extraordinary challenge put on the public education systems and that ruling is, its ruling is forcing Texas to bear the burden. The next 
Today, Abbott said that education undocumented immigrants' children is unsustainable and unaffordable. Again, he's not wrong. I mean, and these people don't understand where that money is going to come from. And then if we can play this one-minute clip really quick, um, this is GLAD promoting transgenderism in children. And they're actually printing these videos. Let's go ahead well, and play this. Actually, before you play it, really quickly, there was a story that came out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, up in Loveland, Colorado, where a mother was absolutely livid because the school told her daughter, well, you might be transgender. And, you know, you can, we can do this. You don't even have to tell your parents. They recruited her. Yeah, it's happening. And, and this is happening. Remember, this is before all this stuff happened. Remember the young girl that, I, that calls me Uncle Joe that came to me after years, 16 years old. She said, I think I'm bisexual. This is years ago. You know, she's now 25 years old, and she came, she came to me last year, 26 years old. She came to me last year, and she's like, hey, Uncle Joe, can I, can I have a conversation with you? And it was after somebody attacked me, one of her friends attacked me, that she finally came to She's like, no, my, my uncle's not like that. That's my uncle, and he's not like that at all. But it, it forced her into the realization that she wasn't bisexual. And by the way, bisexual, when she was told that she was bisexual, did not mean that she could have a relationship with a, with a, a girl or a boy. It was, no, you have to be a lesbian. Yeah. Right? And, and so it was, and she did it because of the pressure from teachers inside the school. Yeah. And she goes, I finally feel free. And so I, I, I'm getting ready to have, I'll have lunch with her in a couple of weeks She's happy. She's dating a guy that she's, and she's a beautiful girl. Oh, she's a beautiful girl. And she's for the first time feeling free from this. And th this story, by the way, I know that uh, Stu Peters covered it a couple of weeks ago of people that regret being forced into this lifestyle or pressured into this lifestyle that came out of it, the ether, as I got older and said, I'm miserable. I'm unhappy because it's not who I am. They, they forced me to be this. It's sick. So, so think about that in terms of the, you know, when we were, when we were coming up, it was the, it was LGB, right? Yeah. It was, it was lesbian, gay, bisexual. You add in the trans and think about what you just said, right? Well, they told me I was bisexual. I thought I was bisexual. I had weird, you know, feelings, urges, whatever. I ended up, I'm, I'm actually not, right? Well, for her, yeah, there's some psychological damage, but she didn't cut her breasts off, yeah. right? She didn't, you know, have her vagina recreated into a penis in, in some way, right? For the trans community, it's so much more sinister, and Barry, because they're, they're, Barry they're Weiss, making permanent, yeah. yeah, she did an article um, a couple couple weeks ago, or might have been last week, um, that was specifically about uh, people who have detransitioned, right, from a from a trans community standpoint, and and their stories are heart wrenching. They are absolutely heart wrenching, and it's you know, well, this was there's one I just remember it sticks in my head. She said it took a village, yeah. right? It took a village. Everybody around me was telling me to do this, and they ruined my life. It's 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 absolutely crazy. So and that is that is a direct result of this. Embrace it and don't trust the DSM five. Um, gender dysphoria is bigotry, right? Saying that you have some, that you have a very complex mental illness, which every single trans person I have, um, you know, a lot of love for for trans people. I've worked with them. I've had friends that are trans and. Every single one of them, and you know, if there are if there are trans people out there that this is not true for, you know, DM me, email me, talk to me, and I will correct the record if this is not true. But every single one of them starts with early childhood abuse. It, there is always early childhood abuse, and this goes back to, you know, sexual immorality, sexual perversion, but it's se uh, sexual sin, right? right? And we're not allowed to talk about sexual sin. Every single human has a propensity for sexual sin. It is part of the fallen flesh human 
condition and we need to approach it from a place of love but we also need to approach it from a place of truth and what we're doing is we're all love and it's not really love it's very sinister but they say it in the name of love we're going to be super accepting and welcoming and you know you just need to be your true self and this and that and deny anything that makes you feel bad about this because that's bad right and then 10 years later after you've destroyed your body and you've taken hormones and you've you know had surgeries or whatever you've done then you realize oh wait a second you know, or this is more complicated. This is a, a, you know, this isn't something that I can fix with, um, with, you know, just this one thing. And there can be regret. And then, oh, don't have regrets, right? It's lies. It is all lies. And until we can start having honest conversations without throwing around horrible terms um, and, and, you know, ad hominem attacks because you don't, the truth makes you uncomfortable or the truth hurts your feelings or the truth makes you angry, Um, until we can actually have honest conversations, it's going to continue to be as divided as it is because we have an establishment that functions on lies and their lies are for the, the sole purpose of political power and, and, um, centralization. I agree with you 100%. And it it is centered on the opposite of truth, which is confusing children and children are very impressionable. Um, um, I'm just asking to add a sponsor here. But they say it's all it's all love and it's it, you know the but but truth truth is you know this go, I mean it goes back to the the letters that the media yeah. matters people say well you know they're saying hateful hate speech and talking about this and that and the other no we're telling the truth and it is affecting the narrative and it is affecting the amount of people that are waking up and that's why we see that letter they are wigging out because the people are waking up. So we're, we're going to play, I'm going to play this one minute deal and then we're going to have to end because we're out of time. Uh, but I want to play this because it's a promotion of transgenders, uh, transgenderism. And it, when you talk about promoting something and you talk about such a small group of kids and now they're, they're building, it's like the Salem witch trials. It's like um, this deal where you, you start to believe in something and you see th- this is the frenzy that has been, cr- been created over hundreds of years. This, this has been done before. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is not new. And, and this is the idea that you can, you can literally lead people off a cliff collectively uh, by herd mentality. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and play B2. Do you want to meet a family with a transgender kid? Here we are. Max loves to do backflips. Max loves to play his ukulele. Max loves to just be a kid and just be himself. When I found out I was pregnant, all I really wanted was a happy, healthy, whole child. And that's what I got. If you've never met a transgender child before, what I want you to know is that that child is no different than yours. They have the same hopes and dreams and deserve the same equality as your child does. We tell our kids as often as we can that we love them in as many ways as possible. There are some politicians who are trying to tear my family apart simply because my son is transgender. Trans kids don't have a political agenda. They are just kids. They just want to be left alone. My family's just like yours. We love our kids unconditionally, and we will never stop fighting for them. Stand with us. Protect our families. So that's from the Equality Dash Now, the Equality Now, which also signed that letter. So I just want to be really clear that the 26 organizations that signed that letter are all perverted groups that are a part of this George Soros, Clinton, 
uh, group, and these are elitists that are trying to destroy their community, and they're sitting back and watching, and they're eating marshmallows and saying, well done, we got to destroy everything. It's really awesome. We created chaos where good versus evil, we can sit back and just start taking the proceeds from that, and that's what they've done. They've, they've created an environment where they've pitted us as Americans against each other. Nobody cares if someone's gay. They do care if they recruit your children. They do care if they say that an entire race is some, somehow racist while they themselves are racist. So, But going back to that, um, the child in Loveland was, like you said, being recruited. They say, oh, you, you know, this is, this is probably what's going on with you inside your head. And when you think about kids that are you know school children in general right they're yep. going through such an incredibly high developmental time right the the hormones the what's going on in your mind um you know for for children that have early childhood abuse it starts to come up it can start to come up in um you know puberty when they start to have have hormones and emotions and you know you can even go to it's it's really common that children that have early childhood abuse either go to promiscuity or they go to homosexuality because they're right. dealing with um pain. something that happened to them and there's a pain there and that's a a coping mechanism but is it truth no it's not right. it's something that children should be helped to work through and you know make a decision if max wants to make a decision that he that that she is a boy right that's a decision that Max should make when Max's brain is done forming, because in no other in no other circumstance would we would we make such a permanent choice for a child. We we shouldn't we shouldn't right. make that chance that that choice for them, and we shouldn't be teaching it in schools either. So that that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. If you want to watch us live, um, you can see us every day Monday through Friday. 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We do go live on Frank's Beach TV, uh, two on at four o'clock uh, every day as well. Um, if you want to see us live, you can go to conservative-daily.com, Frank's Beach, Rumble, DLive, and CloudHub. If you want to watch us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Go over there, give us a five-star review. And if you if you like what you hear, share it with others, please. Please, please, please share it. Become an ambassador of truth. It's not just Twitter that will be the, the playing ground for truth. And and by the way, the next thing that, that, that Elon's going to have to do is develop our own app platform and our own phone system because that's, that's the next thing they're going to try and do is deplatform him um, in this as well. Um, also, if you in down in the description, sign up for our newsletter. Go over to Conservative Daily. We try as much as we can to be supported by our listeners. Uh, you can sign up for about ten dollars a month, or you can if you if you do faxing on a daily basis, which I would recommend. You can go to conservative-daily.com and go over and become a member and support us. You can buy us basically uh, a coffee a month. Basically, t- coffees are about ten dollars now, <laughs> uh, but you can also become a founding member as well. And we got some pretty cool stuff we're going to be sending out to our members. So the other part is is that FEC United is growing across the, uh, the nation. We're on uh, the commission.global app. You can get to it. Uh, at any of the the uh, app stores on both platforms, you go to fecunited.com. Become a member. It's sixty dollars a year. Um, the the thing that we're just rolling out is going to be the People's Chamber of Commerce. It's going to be pretty amazing because it's going to list all of the businesses that are patriot-owned businesses across the nation. You could get to it by becoming a member. It is going to be a it's going to be a role that is going to happen state by state. And if you want to become one of the people that starts it in your area, feel free to go to FEC United and do that as well. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast, where I'm going to do a quick prayer if I can, because mm-hmm. uh, we want to end everything in prayer. And then uh, we'll see you tonight at 4 o'clock. Four o'clock. 
Uh, Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to come together. Thank you for our guest today, Patrick Kolbeck. Please be with him um, as he continues his mission for election integrity and accountability and restoring the voice of the American people. Father, thank you for the, 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 the blessings that you've bestowed upon us as a nation for so long and for the sacrifice, Father. Thank you for the sacrifice that people have made uh, in this great nation in order to preserve freedom for future generations. And Father, that's really what we want. We want to preserve freedom. We want to preserve the voice of the American people. And we want truth to prevail. So Father, help us to be purveyors of truth. Help us to uh, come forward and, and not let pride be the thing we lead with. Uh, we understand that humility is the enemy of pride. And we understand that having humility and acting in faith is as important as having faith. And that without that, that, that your will cannot be done. So, Father, help us to act in our faith. Help us to stand together. Help us to eliminate the divisive nature of the things that are in our community. Father, be with us as we go about our day, that we may do so and honor you, and that we may do the things in our lives that would help push forward a better and brighter future for our children, grandchildren, and future generations we'll never know. Father, I, 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 can't, I, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you for, for, from the bottom of my heart because I know the things that you've done in my life have been absolutely nothing short of astounding. It's not the path I probably would have chosen for myself, but it's a path that I see as necessary in order to honor you and to honor our commitment to the people um, around the world. So, Father, thank you. I say all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's it, guys. Uh, we'll see you tonight at 4 o'clock. Thanks, Ash. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, other than that, remember, we have to get in the gap. Stay there. Stand there. And you know when, when we'll get ready. And by the way, recruit others because we can't do it alone. God bless you.